It's about that time for some nosebleed seats to show everyone can afford to listen to. I am Zach Wolchuk alongside Eric Chiafala. Welcome on in. It's a football Friday. We are excited. It's maybe the best day of the week besides actual NFL Sunday. But this is the show where we get our party going into the weekend and we just talk all kinds of football fun. How we doing, Eric? Couldn't be better. Football Friday. Big game last night. Huge game. Oh, my god! A lot of implications. There are a lot of implications. I mean, that division's so wide open. Giants-Eagles, certainly. I was just hoping both teams would lose, but somebody had to win. That might be, after watching Washington, I think Washington might be worse of a watch than the Cowboys and the Giants put together. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Washington was tough to watch the other night, man. That Alex Smith offense is not something. I, I totally get why Andy Reid and company wanted to get Mahomed because, good God, that Alex Smith offense is not one. He almost killed Adrian Peterson. I watch Alex Smith. It should be illegal what Alex Smith did to Adrian Peterson, and that's throw <laughs> a very, 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 very late halfback flare with a safety beelining into Adrian Peterson's knee when he couldn't see it coming. And that's yeah. on Monday Night Football. I honestly yeah. thought, for those who saw it, trust me, you know what I'm talking about. And for a second, you thought Peterson's career was over. His, it was like a hyperextension crazy. Wouldn't and then the, be bionic, the first time we thought that. The bionic Peterson comes back like four plays later, ready to go, two-yard gain. Peterson's back. It's just like everyone in that NFC East is so inconsistent in Jekyll and Hyde. Like, you know the Eagles have the talent. They're, they're reigning world champions. Yeah, JHIE's out for the year. They've clearly got some capable backs in Clement and Smallwood. Maybe they make a trade and get old Shady back. Dude, I think that would be awesome for them. And good for Shady. Get out of Buffalo. Yeah, he needs to get out of Buffalo. I think Shady's done, though. I think he's hit that running back plateau. Yeah, well, he is that. He's always been banged up. He's been, he's His entire career yeah. has been a hamstring injury. And so it's or an ankle, a knee. It's just and he's had extremely high usage. Like when he's on the field, he's always been used a lot. That's he's true. touched the football a lot. He's had a lot of wear and tear. He's and really, he, I would say, underrated. No, no doubt. He's been a hell of a player for a decent amount of time, just on a crappy team for the last half in Buffalo. Totally agree with you. I mean, the guy's always been, in terms of fantasy purposes, a, a reliable number one running back that has been overshadowed by some of the other great backs in the game at the same point where he was an elite back. Uh, but it's just he's now 30, and he's a guy that always won with his speed and athleticism and his cut and his stop, his start. being a, I mean, he just did unbelievable things in open space, and I think that he's at the age now where his skill set's starting to diminish a little bit. Not that he's not a capable running back if he's put in the right system. I'm sure he could have successful games here and there with Philadelphia, but I think the days of LaShawn McCoy being amongst the NFL's elite at the position are now in the rearview mirror. So the trade would make sense for both parties. I just don't think if you're an Eagles fan, you should sit there and expect to get the LaShawn McCoy that you had six years ago before you traded him. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and as a as in an opposing team rooting for the Cowboys, I'm not any more concerned cons- about the yeah. Eagles necessarily no. with or without Sean. Uh, Absolutely. That, hear, yeah. To me, that's not a move that's going to you know tilt the needle. I still think that's a division that's that's there for the Eagles to win. 
they are the best team roster wise. I'm with you. No They're doubt get about it. Together. it. They're going to get it together. Wentz is only going to get better as the season goes on with that coming off that injury. And they've had just some unlucky bounces here and there and a Jai fumble here. Uh, they haven't had the easiest schedule. And, that, and they don't have the easiest schedule. They have a pretty tough schedule. That's what happens when you're the best team, not only in the league, but in your division. You're going to come back and have the toughest schedule next year. So they do have a gauntlet of teams they got to go up against. Uh, but they're clearly the best team in the league, uh, or excuse me, in the division. And that's really by default because the other three teams are just... Wow. Do you think the NFC East is the worst division in football? Um, It's up That's there. a fair question. But do I think it's worse than the NFC West? I don't know. And that's mainly due to injury. Because if Garoppolo didn't get hurt, I think the 49ers are competitive. But they stink now. The Cardinals aren't very good. I, I mean, know, Rosen's Cardinals a rookie quarterback. Cardinals might be the worst team in the league. Yeah, they're not good. Buffalo. And I still don't think Seattle's very good. Yeah, but I think... Uh, the. You know, my Dolphins, AFC East, that's pretty bad. That is. Think about the Jets, obviously, the Bills, obviously, the Dolphins, obviously. You don't think the Dolphins are good? Oh, no, absolutely not. I mean, they're at max. They're, especially now with the injuries, don't even get me started with. I mean, there's every every team gets injuries. I didn't know that they had a ton of injuries. Oh, it's just, we're just so depleted at this point. What's gone on? We've just lost so many defensive linemen, so many. Offensive linemen, three starters are out. No kidding. Yeah, two for the season, one just in and out. What happened? When did it, it was just like last just season week in Cincinnati. There's tricep tears. There's uh, oh, shoulder geez. issues that are putting these dudes out for the season. So our offensive line has gone from pretty, actually pretty good. Yeah, week one to now. Really, really not good. And Geno Atkins put his imprint on Ryan Tannehill physically emotionally and particularly <laughs> spiritually last weekend. Well, it's not the first time Gino's done that to a few. No, absolutely. So if you were to say the East, the battle of the East, yeah, battle the of AFC and the I NFC, which one do you think's better? That's the sewage of the NFL. You got to go East to find the NFL sewage. And, you know, it's really a coin flip. I think uh, the AFC East, though, is definitely worse. Because yeah. I think the Bills are the, the worst in all of it, right? When you stack up all eight teams between both divisions, the Bills are the worst. The Jets got to be the second worst. And then probably the Redskins, the Redskins, the Giants and the Dolphins are a real toss up with Dallas just creeping in next. Yeah. Wherever that next spot is. Yeah. And then obviously the Eagles that. and the Pats, you know, at, round at the top. out the sewage. You know, they're sort of the uh, the diamond amongst the poo. Yeah. But yeah, those are two really, really, really bad divisions. And it's just awesome that we get to call those divisions home. I know. Isn't that crazy? It's awful. Oh, it's so bad. We it's deserve so, it. It's so, so bad. We, well, I don't know what we're doing wrong. We're doing something wrong, and I'm sure we deserve it. The Giants are just a, a disgrace of a team. Look. What, Bye-bye, your, Eric Flowers. What's your take About on time. Odell Beckham? You know, obviously yeah. he's against Carolina. He was great. He usually performs under the spotlight, so his Thursday night football game, not surprising to me. But, like, come on. This dude, to me, like, would you, as talented as he is, is his just like shtick off the field and his whining, complaining, and his tantrums almost not even worth it? Almost. Almost. Because it's it's frustrating that you've been begging for your contract in New York, and then when you sit down with Jos- Josina Anderson and she asks you if you if you 
If you're happy in New York, if you want to be in New York, you got some uncertain, I don't know, answer. It's like, dude, you've been trying to get the Giants to pay you for years now. They finally do, and now you don't know if you're happy there. Come on, dude. It wasn't like overnight Eli Manning stopped being a good quarterback. This has been the case for a while now. So you got paid, and then you decided, yeah, uh, you know, I actually am pretty unhappy here. Okay, now he's dominant on the field, and without him, I mean, he's he showed Sunday he's not only their best pass catcher, he might be their best passer yeah, based on true. the 50-plus yard touchdown. I haven't seen Eli Manning throwing a 50-plus yard touchdown since 2007. It was it was to freaking David Tyree, okay? So Eli has been bad for a while. Odell, you've known this. You waited to get paid, and now you got some things to say. It's like, you know, man, come on. You're going to go sit down. I understand you saying things after a game when you're when you're emotional. Clearly, he is an emotional player. And that, and that's, you know, fine. He seemed to reel that in a little bit in terms of sideline tantrums, post-game antics, things like that. But that I can almost understand a little more when you're in the heat of competition or just after you're emotional. Everything, you know, all your feelings are happening right now and now we're putting a camera and a microphone in front of your face. I can understand you saying something stupid there. But you sit down with Josina Anderson. You plan this a week in advance at least. You go grab your boy Wayne. Shout out to Wayne. Love Wayne. Oh, love Wayne. Uh, C5. Pretty good. Really good. I enjoyed it I think it it's lot. been pretty solid. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was dope. Expectations were extremely low. Yeah. And it definitely yeah. surpassed them. So Honestly, didn't to, even know it was happening. And then all of a sudden, it's like, man, have you heard the new the Carter 5 just dropped? Yeah. I'm like, oh, crap, I got to go listen to that. I listened to it while I prepped for uh, Friday Night Stars a couple weeks you ago. You know, I was wondering why you had such a good show that night. It got me in the zone. Dude, I thought the Carter 5 was sick. Yeah. I no, enjoyed I'm it a lot. I'm just happy for all current just athletes, uh, particular high school athletes, because the ones right now haven't gotten that just brand new Wayne to hit you right before you go play a game. I remember that feeling, and now they got to do that. C5, it's the Carter zone. Wow, that's incredible. Back to Odell Beckham and Jocena uh, Anderson. Like that guy, man. It's like, yeah. dude. I hate that guy. It's, it's a week in advance. To me, he's a bitch. You're, 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 you're planning this interview to go sit down and say, how is this helping? It's how not. is this helping your team? It's also during the season. How is this helping season. Eli? How, exactly. How there, there's is this no help. Helping anything at all. I understand if behind closed doors you can say whatever you want. I understand. I would be I would be just livid with the way things have gone with their quarterback position and their offensive line. I would have a lot of things to say behind closed door. But to plan an interview with Josina Anderson, go sit down on Sunday NFL Countdown. And air out the entire team's dirty and, laundry. And it's just, dude. That's not helping anything. No, it's, he's you're immature. Doing, you're he's doing the definition of immature to help your team. You want to win? I get it. You're incredible. You're unbelievable. You're the only thing the Giants have, and I get that. That earns you plenty of clout. Come on, brother. Come talk to me. Come, come, come back here. Come if I'm coach. If I'm Shermer. If I'm you know Gettleman. If I'm any of these guys, bro. Come talk to us back here. Air out your grievances. I understand. I'd be frustrated too. You got a grandpa with a sedated face at quarterback trying Very to throw sedated. you the football, and it's just not happening for you. And it's been that way for years. Okay, it's no surprise. I understand your disdain, but to sit in front of Josina Anderson after we just gave you a contract. Showed you our gratitude, our love, and respect for you. And within five weeks, you're going to go sit down with ESPN and air everything out. Not only that, he's coming back Come from on, injury, homie. and they still shelled out that money. That's a great point. That's a great point. You know, they're you. like, you know what, dude? We appreciate everything you done. We, we think you're going to come back and be healthy and be back to the Odell we know and love. And they were, we're right. not even he's worried been great about this it. Year. He's been awesome, super talented. No doubt, he's a top five receiver in the game, top three. But to me, 
Yeah, top three, I'm not even going to argue that. But to me, just the, the other stuff, he's not a team player. And outside of Larry Fitzgerald in twenty in 2008, I believe it was, when they went on that Super Bowl run, when's the last time a receiver has ever had that kind of impact on your football team where he carries you to a deep playoff run or to a championship? It doesn't happen. I can't think of a single one. No, but I also can't think of a single team who was night and day 1,000% different of a not only an offense but a team with one receiver playing. And that's been the Giants. Sure. Without him, good it God, might be a he's little kept bit Eli different. Manning afloat. He's kept that team afloat, and they've still been God-awful. No, they're but still without bad. without him, they are... They're still know, bad. They're, they're Browns bad over the last few years. Well, definitely. Now, Barkley now on the team, I think it would be a little bit better. Oh, just without a him. hair, because Barkley to me, is it's useless still, with that offensive line I just and no don't Odell think, Beckham. Now I don't he's, think Odell now he's Beckham. Ezekiel Elliott. Now I you just, turn Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott if you lose Odell Beckham Jr. I'm glad that the Giants have him locked up long-term, and he's their problem. I personally would want no piece of that, man. I hear you. He's I hear just you. a pain in the ass. I totally get it. It's, like, if he were on so my tough. team, as talented as he is on the field, I'd be saying the same thing. Like, dude, I'm just sick and tired of his crap. It's not even worth it to me. A wide receiver's not taking you to the Super Bowl. He ain't doing it. I don't care what happens, man. If they finally went on a magic carpet ride of a run, like he's talented, he helps you score points, I get it. He ain't worth it. Like if it's a if it's a quarterback or an elite pass rusher, maybe I'll put up with it. But But that to me is what's been so interesting about Beckham is from a position that we wouldn't consider a premium position, even though now the way the game's going, wide receivers are becoming a premium position. I mean, I know we always talk about it's quarterback, it's left tackle, it's pass rusher corner now dude receivers are incredibly important that's the way the game's going so they they're becoming that but for odell beckham jr to be at that position and affect that team in in a positive way when it comes on the field that much is is pretty spectacular to me because we've seen receivers become nothing as soon as they lose their quarterback or as soon as you know it doesn't take much for a receiver to become useless and even with a crappy Eli Manning, he's still put up the numbers, and he's kept that team in games, and he's won them plenty of games over the last few years, and he's done it from that position. I think it's pretty spectacular. But I understand, and that's the frustration with a guy like that. My gosh, you're so good, and you keep me up at night because you're such a freaking me guy off the field. It's, you know, it's... And, the, so and I saw him in the shop. You know, LeBron's got that new lo- uh, barbershop show that comes on HBO. Mm-hmm. First episode, I watched it, and, and Odell Beckham Jr. is on it. He's got sort of a rotating cast of characters that come on there. First episode, Odell Beckham Jr. is one of the guys, and he has he he talks about something about how fans are, are ridiculous now, and they always come up to him and ask him to, da- to dance and things, and they feel like, and he feels like he's an animal at the zoo because he has fans that come up to him that that ask him to dance and do things, and it makes him feel like a zoo animal. And Odell Beckham Jr. doesn't like it. The same Odell Beckham Jr. Well, that dances that every single weird. chance he gets. There's a camera there. He's dancing. Oh, that's fair. It's always yeah. on. It's always, bro, I don't or care who it is. If it's not, if the camera's not there for me, I'm jumping in. I'm dancing. I always want to dance. I want to be everywhere. Put me in every video. Put me anywhere you can see me. I want to be that guy. Oh, okay, but you don't want some fans to come up to you? By the way, those fans, what are we talking about? Probably kids, dude. I don't see a 35-year-old guy walking up to you and say, hey, dance for You me. wouldn't go up to him Give and say me dance for me? No, I would, but I'm not a 35-year-old guy. Oh, I thought you were. 25. Oh, fair, fair, fair. Then your difference. 
25 is okay, but 30, 35 is the cutoff. And it's like, Odell, I got ones. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to make it rain, rain brother. You, bro. I'll make We're it both rain Wayne you, bro. fans. I'll make it Wayne all over you. All right, let's hit some of these games this week. Now, we'll obviously save prediction time for Fuego Rapido, but I kind of do want to go through this list and just kind of focus on some questions I have regarding most of the matchups. Some of them suck. But I want to start off with the Falcons, and they're hosting Tampa Bay. And the Falcons now, after getting crapped on Pittsburgh, this is a team that I think most of us thought coming into the season pretty good. And they've had a tough schedule to start. But they're sitting there, I believe, at 1-4. and four. Am I wrong? I think they're 1-4. and four. And I think their season's pretty kaput. Yeah. Now, they, they were decimated. They lose Deion Jones, their best linebacker. Huge blow. Your boy Keanu Neal at safety. Huge blow. But what... What what do you, what do we think here? Uh, that defense is is just with decimated. Atlanta. They also lost Ricardo Allen. Oh, that's so they're right. two starting safeties. Like it's done. hard to recover from that. Deion and, Jones done. It, it's it's way too hard to recover from that. That Atlanta team is you can yeah like you said kaput was that was that kaput, your choice kaput. yeah kaput. And on the opposite side, Tampa Bay. We now got Jameis coming back. To me, these next whatever it is, eleven games for the Bucks since I think they had the early buy. Like, this is it for Jameis. This is the okay, Jameis. Are you going to go out there and be a franchise quarterback? You got the rest of the season to show it, or else I think it's time to move on in Tampa Bay. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Welcome back, Jameis. I'm excited to see him. He's, uh, I mean, this is, I'm sure he feels like this is everything on the line, not only just like with his own play over the last few years, but with everything that's happened. He's probably like, dude, this is now or never. And I think you're right. He better come out there and play. And if I'm Tampa, yeah, this is pretty much. And I'm already kind of over the whole Jameis Winston thing. I am too. I I don't. But as an organization, like just because he was a first overall pick. Sure, absolutely. You got to let it run its course. But I do think this is probably at least the last year that you're like, okay, Jameis is definitely our starter going into next year. I don't think that's the case. At minimum, they're bringing in some competition, young guy, something, because Jameis has not been cutting it. No. Not at all. On or off the field. The other thing, and this is an old school AFC West rivalry that's being renewed with the uh, Seahawks and Raiders. Now, obviously, they only play eight once every eight years or four years now because they're in different conferences. As soon as the Texans came in, Seattle bumped on over to the NFC. But John Gruden, to me, I wasn't sure how this Gruden experiment would go in Oakland, but it's gone way worse than I ever anticipated. Like the Khalil Mack thing was bizarre. But I still thought, all right, Derek Carr at quarterback, they've got some pieces on that football team to where they can be competitive. They look like absolute garbage. Like This is not a good football team. Derek Carr doesn't even look good. I mean, are you surprised by this? Or were you expecting this kind of terrible, terrible start to the season for Gruden and the Raiders? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say that you were expecting it to be this bad because it has been so bad, but... You know, when you obviously we mocked him for the whole Khalil Mack thing. Well, he uh, should be mocked. No question. And the fact that he's continually said afterwards every single week, it's hard to find a pass rusher with my potatoes and my fork and my uh, potatoes over here. Oh, dude, well, you've, here, you've got a terrible, 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 terrible job of managing that situation. Like, bro, just don't even bring it up because you look like a dumb dumb. Well, here's his latest quote. This is uh, two days ago. Oh, no. John Gruden himself. Oh, John. When asked about how to get more turnovers, this is Coach Gruden's response. The same Coach Gruden who traded away Khalil Mack. 
starts with pressuring the quarterback. We've got to get more pressure on the quarterback. <laughs> We've got to force him into making some bad decisions. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I do think they're just a really good pass rusher away. They're they're one great pass rusher away. From being and a great so, team. From being the best team. What do you what's your take on Derek Carr though? You think Carr's I'm not crazy about Carr. Kind of just had a one magical Yeah, run I, I didn't like him coming out. And he had that magical season that was like, oh, my God, Derek Carr. And he started to make me a believer because I liked him so much. I do like him. He's just a cool guy. He's a competitor. He's a nice guy. He's wearing eyeliner. He looks like he's wearing eyeliner. He does look like he's wearing eyeliner. I wonder, um, you know, is where you got that sort of that that pale face and then you have the dark surrounding eyes, those raccoon eyes. Raccoon eyes. I've also heard them be referred to as butthole eyes. Oh, wow. Because it's just got that similar tint of, you know, like a, like a butthole. Oh, I, I know. know. I know. Yeah. So, yeah, he does have butthole eyes, and that's a good observation. But I don't know how much that affects him, you know? Might affect him a lot. I'm not crazy about him as a quarterback. Uh, I do like him just as a guy, and I almost fell in love with him. But he, I think it's pretty clear, unless, you know, like like most of these quarterbacks, unless you have pretty stellar talent around him, which for that one year in Oakland – he had a similar offensive line to what Dak had for the Cowboys his first year. You know, he had that Amari Cooper. He had some weapons. So that's something that he's the kind of quarterback that if he doesn't have that, he's not going to be made to look that great. All right. We know and about, they have the oldest team in the league, by the way. Oh, that is a good you point. Know, they do so need to get like, younger. But the thing is, well, I guess they added a few, a couple draft picks. Maybe. Well, they, they just they just benched their starting corner, Gary and Conley, yeah. who's like a second year. He's been guy. disappointing. Yeah. He's been disappointing. And they drafted God, him. Like, wasn't yeah, he he's dealing, a too young for me. Dealing, <laughs> she's too young for you, bro. He was dealing with that off the field stuff, and they drafted him. I don't know. Now talking about off the field, we know about Le'Veon Bell and his situation. And we talked last week about how he's supposed to come back to the team. What's your what's your thoughts on this? Because here comes Lev Bell, and they've got a bye week I think coming up after this week. They they play um, is it Cincinnati? Yeah, they're out on the road at Cincinnati. Then then they've got a bye. And Connor had a good game last week. And Ben's actually come out and said he still wants Connor to be involved in the offense, even if Le'Veon Bell's back on the field. But after all the stuff, and we played and we read some of the clips with that offensive line really talking bad about Le'Veon and his decision, and there's got to be some bad, some sour grapes really in that locker room to Le'Veon Bell. And one, I'm not so sure that he still plays. I think he might just be coming for the bye week collecting his check because he gets paid for doing nothing, and then he might just say sayonara, mother bleepers. I'm out out of here. I got my cash for this week, and I'm, out, I'm done. And then come back week 10? Maybe. Well, he's got to come back week 10. If he doesn't come back week 10, then he cannot get credit for the season. Thus, he cannot become an unrestricted free agent at the end of it. Yeah. So he's got to be back by week 10. Now, that doesn't mean he has to play in the game. Yeah. But it does mean he's got to be there. He can't be holding out in any sort of He's got to be with the team in the facility. Got to be with the team. You you may get a mysterious, you know, hammy pull Sunday morning. The whole thing is so bizarre. And if I've been playing on the field, lacing it up with those guys. And then all of a sudden, here comes a dude that clearly is looking out for himself. Which, on one side of the coin, you can understand that, but on the other side of the coin, when you're when you're going to battle essentially every single week and you're trying to win a championship, and with him, it seemed like the Steelers were on that short list of teams in that conference that could make it to the Super Bowl, and this dude just doesn't seem to give a damn. I mean, I don't know that I'm welcoming him back. I don't know how I feel about him coming back. 
Yeah. No, I mean, see, I, I'm almost a little different. I almost feel like if I'm him after having that offensive line sort of berate me to the media early in the season, I'm a little bit frustrated if I'm him because it's like, dude, you guys you guys are feel as though you're getting compensated for what you deserve. I'm clearly not. And so it's just that they forget that each NFL player is basically his own walking business. And that goes out the window when it comes to team and unity and going for for championships and family and all that stuff. That's what gets preached in sports. And then this guy does that. So I can understand the disdain a little bit, but at the same time, it's like, dude, you look at Earl Thomas. No, it exactly. just happened to Earl Thomas. Yeah, you know, and, and that's so, why if I'm living on Bell, I don't know that I want to play. Like I know, yeah, I get that maybe you've got to be there with the team come week ten. That makes a whole lot of sense, but I don't know that I want to risk my body on the football field suffering an injury like that yeah because all of a sudden if it's week eight and he starts and he's been holding out and he an achilles an acl an mcl something happens well good luck getting that contract bud it's not gonna happen it's not gonna and that's why we talked about a few weeks ago the whole the whole him getting traded thing doesn't seem overly likely either because he still can't get that contract until after the season no team can now pay him there's just there's limitations there. There's rules against it. They cannot negotiate deals right now. So no team can do anything besides a, you know, wink, wink, handshake deal. But I'm telling you, that team's not going to come through with it if he blows his knee out. It's not going to happen. And you're more likely to get hurt when you haven't played. You didn't go through the training camp. You didn't go through the preseason. You haven't kind of worn your body down. So it's it'd be pretty likely. There's even. no way he's in football shape. You know, it's it's very likely he no, does have a hamstring. Everybody knows you can't so, be in football shape happens. without playing football. Yeah. Last game I want to get to before we we fuego rapido, unless you have something else you want to hit. Well, I just wanted to say something back to that Oakland Seattle game. I yeah. saw an awesome uh, thing from a writer for Seattle. His name is Brady Henderson. He was talking with Doug Baldwin this week, receiver for uh, Seattle. Love I Doug. Know, Andrew Luck loves the guy too. And oh, and by the way, Andrew, what? Andrew's not coming today. What? Yeah, he's got to have treatment. He's Hey, he's got treatment for the shoulder. He said he loved it last week. He did feel a little mocked. So his ego was a little shot. He still liked being here. but He, he felt like we were he making felt fun like of we him. made fun of him a little bit with the Stanford stuff. Oh. Especially the Toby Gerhardt comment. Because I guess he's really good friends with Toby. And the fact that you just seemed completely clueless on like, the fact that he doesn't play in the league anymore. Yeah. Rubbed him the wrong way. Gotcha. So he'll be back. He's just not here today. Did he specifically call me out, though? Did Andrew do that? I don't want to More throw him under the bus, but yeah. Gotcha. I mean, you know I always have your back, so I smoothed it over. It wasn't sure. a big deal. Like, I know you didn't. You meant no harm by it at all. Well, I just feel bad that now I ruin what is a bucket list interview for you. You knew it was going to happen no, every week. No, he's coming back. It's okay. It's just, yeah, it's not. It, it might not be an every week thing. Gotcha. It's kind of when he's got the time, he's not going to. Like last week, he moved some stuff around for us. We're not going to get moved around. God, if yeah. he's got the opening, he'll be here. Sure. If he doesn't, he's giving us the bird. I'll have to apologize to him next time. I feel bad about that. Yeah, give him a little rub and tug. But Doug Baldwin was talking about Marshawn Lynch, and uh, he, he said that this is the story that Doug Baldwin had about Marshawn Lynch. He said Marshawn was universally, uh, universally beloved in Seattle's locker room. And uh, he told a story about a young wide receiver who told Marshawn that he really liked his backpack. It was a few years ago. And what is that code for something else? No, no, this is just a backpack. Okay. 
He said Lynch took the backpack off, emptied it out, and gave it to him on the spot. When asked what receiver it was, Baldwin said, it was me. (laughs) So just a cool little Marshawn Lynch nugget about how everybody loved him. And he's got an interesting reputation, but seems to be pretty generous, fun. I mean, hey, bro, I like that backpack. Happy go, go, bro. Here you go, man. Yeah. You can have it. I got more at home. Let me just get my Skittles out of there, and then the bag's yours, You dog. take this Mighty Morphin Power Ranger bag. I got my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles I'm going to wear tomorrow. Money. Yeah. No, so Marshawn Lynch, what a cool guy. Everybody loved him. It'll be a fun little reunion on Sunday. Oh, that's a great point. I wasn't even factoring that into the equation. And I think the game's in Seattle, so it's it really is yeah, a nice a, homecoming. Yeah, it's a beast mode homecoming. Dope. Good for him. All right, so the last game I want to hit... Uh, because I think it's the best of the weekend um, before we go Fuego Rapido. And that's the Sunday Nighter. We've got a joy of a gem of a Sunday night game. Oh, do we? We got Mahomie and Brady. Chiefs, Pats. Now, the last time they played, it was a Thursday Nighter in Foxborough to open the season last year. And the Chiefs went in there and spanked him. And it was Alex Smith at the quarterback. It was the Kareem Hunt coming out party. And by oh. coming, he was all over the Patriots' face. I mean, it was literally just like a get on your knees and freaking take it, baby. Oh, wow, one of those. Oh, huh? oh yeah. Well, like sort of a compilation. So if you're the Patriots and their fans, are you more terrified of this Chiefs team coming in here to Foxborough than you've ever been before? Yeah, I think that's pretty safe to say because oftentimes when the Chiefs have come in there and done anything on New England, it's been a little bit of a surprise. This will not be a surprise, though. If, uh, if if Kansas City comes in there and just lambasts this Patriots team. Now, I am absolutely excited. I'm so thankful it's a primetime game. Sunday night, I will be there. Collinsworth will be there. Al Michaels will be there. And the Green Wait, going? will be there. No, no, no. I'm just I'm just going to be you know probably on my couch. Oh. Hopefully, the pizza, the booze, the Johnny football will be a little bit at a minimum this week. How is Johnny football week. always hanging out with you? Yeah, well, it's just it seems to just arrive everywhere I go. It or he? It. Oh. So, you know, I, I intend to watch this game thoroughly. And I saw this from Christopher Price um, when they were talking about the way Kansas City, how fast Kansas City is and how um, how New England's preparing for that. And in practice, Belichick was talking about it today. Uh, just how they're simulating Kansas City's offensive talent. And, for example, they're when they're running plays, they're starting the receivers three to five yards off the line of scrimmage ahead of it because they're simulating like how fast these guys are going to get to them. So if you're a corner playing seven yards off the oh, ball, no if you're Stephon Gilmore right now practicing against the scout team Patriots that are acting like the Kansas City offense, you're seven yards off the line of scrimmage, the receiver who in the game will be on the line of scrimmage is lining up like five yards off the ball because he's going to be on you that fast. Wow. And and then Teddy Bruschi made a comment that that's what they did. That's what the Patriots did in order to prepare for the Rams' greatest show on turf. Oh, that, that 2001 Super Bowl. Super Bowl. That Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So that's you know, just that, a little Belichick magic. An, an, I like that comparison. I think we've seen a lot of really good offenses over the last few years. But in terms of as close to that Rams kind of style, Chiefs might be it. Chiefs might be it. And this is a big game. Everybody knows it's a big game. Let's check in with Bill Belichick and see what he's got to say about this game. Okay. Coach, you feel like you're you're playing for the top seed 
in the AFC with this game that the stakes are that big? Like we're playing Kansas City. Does it seem like a, a higher stakes game than the like we're playing Kansas City? Just absolute classic grade A Bill Belichick. This Just week. another game. On to Cincinnati. On to Cincinnati, baby. Yeah, and the good news for the Patriots is offensively, they get to have uh, Brian Hoyer simulate Pat Mahomes. So they're getting a great look this week of what they're going to be facing on Sunday. Hoyer and Mahomes. Mm. I think Hoyer's very much like Pat Mahomes. I don't can't think of a better scouting quarterback. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. It's just perfect. It just worked out. Mobility, arm strength. Yeah, arm strength. Right I, on cue. That's really the main thing is the arm strength. Yeah. Just the overall talent. Talent's there. So, man, what a game that's going to be. Good God. We got Brady. We got Mahomes. New England never loses at home. If this was in Kansas City, I'd be much more adept to say this is a guaranteed Kansas City victory. Because New England had a week and a half to prepare. Because they beat our guy Andrew Luck Thursday night, last Thursday night. Sad for Andrew. And then they're at home. Primetime game. New England is going to be at their best. Yeah, they got Edelman. Another week at Edelman. Yep. Another week a Flash Gordon. He made an appearance last week. Sonny Michelle's healthy and running the ball well. Oh, God. And the Chupacabras couldn't be more thankful. Yeah, he's playing well. So it's amazing. Brady's playing well. Actually, uh, Gronk had a few kind words for Brady. 69? This week. Yeah, 69. He's unbelievable. He's a a specie man out there at the quarterback position. It's just an honor to be playing with him. He's a specie man out there at the quarterback position. I just love Grog so much. Specie out there. Specie, man. You think that's actually how he thinks it's supposed to be said? Wouldn't surprise me. It has to be. He's a specie man out there. Specie. He also made great comments after the game about Julian having Julian Edelman back last week. He called week. him specie? He's a specie man out there. No, he said... Uh, <laughs> he, no, he called, 69. He called Brady a specie man, but he called Edelman. He just talked about how Edelman really brings the juice to their team, really brings the juice to their locker room. Uh, this was in just, more ways than one. This was just minutes after Edelman uh, got done playing his first game of the season. You see, Edelman pants off, serving a four needle uh, suspension syringe, yeah. inserted in buttocks. Yeah, so that's the juice he's talking. Gronk's about. been incredible. This should be game of the week by far, definitely by freaking far. The Monday night's going to be a pooper. NBC it's hit a the, home run. The 49ers are playing in that game. We're going to oh, get a Nathan no. Beathard appearance. Love him though. on. Uh, is it Nathan? I think it's no, oh it's no it's Nathan CJ, isn't it? CJ? Peterman is Nathan. That's nah, a Peterman. CJ CJ Beathard. That's correct. So we're going to get a Beathard on Monday Night Football. So thank God for Sunday night. They're saving us. It's going to be a great Sunday of football. And uh, I think it's time. Is it time? What do you think? Fuego rapido, fuego rapido, fuego rapido. Let's do it. Let's go. This music gets me going. I'm so freaking ready. Let's fuego, let's fuego, rapido, fuego, rapido. My dick is hard. Yes, you let's feeling do it. sexy? Feeling sexy as heck. My nipples are protruding feeling through my pole. Feeling fuego as hell? Fuego as always. All right. Okay, so who should go first? You go first. Me? Me? Didn't I go first last week? You like me going first? Well, I've never seen you go first, so it's hard to really know if I like you You just going know first, that I'm a, I'm a good two. I like coming in on the second half of the underground layer, like okay. the Spartan layer. So you're for sure the finisher. I am the finisher and the climactic genius. All right. You want me to go? 
No, I mean, I think I got it. Okay. No, <laughs> if you got it, you got it. You good? You want me to? LaShawn McCoy going to be traded? Yes. Where? Philly. When? Now. Breeze, best of all time? No. Top three? No. Top five? Yes. Top ten? No. Really? Most overrated team in the league? The Dallas Cowboys. Tom Brady. Species man? Species as f***. All right, f- kill Mary. Todd Gurley. Zeke. Tony Michelle. <laughs> All of the above. Falcons. Kaput? Yes. Zeke, Mary Todd, kill Sony. About time. Brian Hoyer, Pat Mahomes. Brian Hoyer. Just kidding. Pat all the way. Beat hard or Peterman? Peterman beat hard. Peters. Up in the men. Beat hard. Give me beat hard. Because I do beat hard. What? Most underrated team in the league. Carolina Panthers. MVP? Pat Mahomes. Brian Hoyer? Jason Witten. Has it gotten worse? No. Better. Booger? Tessator. Better? They all suck. Trash. Get him out. Witten's the worst. Walter Payton Man of the Year. Andrew Luck, still comeback player of the year? Yes. No. Still yeah. coming in next week for the fantasy f***. He'll be here next week for the fantasy f***. Promise? Yes. Swear? Can't swear. Does Damn. he hate me? He hates you. Damn it. Sorry. I sucked his d- All right, your turn. All right, so we're going through. You know how I do it with you. Ready to Always. Jameis Winston, three touchdowns. No. Matt Ryan, Falcons get the win? Yes. No. Christian McCaffrey, 100 receptions this year. Absolutely. 100 receiving yards this week against the Redskins? No. Marshawn Lynch, victorious upon his return? Absolutely. Fan favorite. Go be smoked. Andrew Luck loses to Darnold. Of course. How many touchdowns does Darnold have? Two. Isaiah Crowell, another 200-yard rushing day? Absolutely not. Kirk Cousins, all over the Cardinals. I like him. I love him. The Hebrew Hammer, Josh Rosen? Touchdown. James Conner, runs wild in Cincy. Cancer free. Andy Dalton? Red D, victory. Browns beat the Chargers at home. Of course. Baker Mayfield, Rookie of the Year? Guaranteed. Go OU. Go Texas. What happened? They lost. Golden hat. Welcome. Texans beat the Bills at home? Of course they do. Texans are the best. Best team in the league. Just ask the Cowboys. The Sean Watson Super Bowl MVP? In 2020. Trubisky, all over the fence. In your face. Yes? No? Maybe so. Yes, he's wearing the arm sleeve. We're doomed. How many touchdowns? Six. Final score? 64 to 27. No 69? Bears. 69. Case Keenum, benched? Fourth quarter. Rams win? Always. Undefeated? Never lost. Ravens, Titans, who you got? Potentially the game of the week, I go Titans. Flacco? Winner. Cowboys beat Jags? No, they score six points. Jags win? By three. Bortles? Worst game he's ever played, still win. Damn. Chiefs, Pats, who you got? Oh, the species win. Mahomes? Hoyer. Better than Brady? Of course. Brady the best? All time. Mahomes, MVP? Aaron Rodgers. Six touchdowns? Four. Whoa. Gronk? 69. Edelman? Juice. Hogan? 7-11. Laxbro? Flash Gordon. Sonny Michelle? Touchdown. 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 How bad did the Packers beat the Niners on Monday? Aaron Rodgers, hometown team, five touchdowns, Monday night. Book it. Jason Witten, you. The whole broadcast, Monday night, you. Clay Matthews, get beat hard? Always. Winning. And there you go. That is another classic edition of Fuego Rapido, Fuego Rapido, Fuego Rapido. <laughs> oh, my, oh God, my God, dude. Are you all right? That was a species meatball. <laughs> oh, my Ooh. God. What Man, was that? We haven't, had, we haven't created that much smoke in Fuego Rapido since probably oh, week one. I'm freaking vaping in here. Oh, my God. I need water. Oh. I, need, I need a hose. I need a uh, fireman. Oh, I got a fireman and a hose for you over here. Oh, my daddy. God. Jeez, Football Friday does something to me, Walchuk. It gets it going. It gets it going hard. By the way, college football game of the week, probably LSU, Georgia. If not, Miami, Virginia. Oh, my gosh. You think the Cavaliers can beat the Canes? Absolutely not. It's been another edition of the Nosebleed Seats podcast. Zach Walchuk, along with Eric Chiafalo. Hit us up. Rate us. Subscribe. iTunes. Apple Podcasts. Blog Talk Radio. Be judgmental in a good way. Only good. Like our page. Stay positive. Subscribe. Do it. World peace. Everybody loves each other. Hugs and hand pounds, everybody. Come poise. Enjoy your weekend. 
up the. He's a specie man out there.